A question of authority. Numbers chapter 15. Numbers 15 through 17 address the issue of authority. A problem. A, an issue that uh, Israel was having difficulty with. This is the first of two parts here. Uh, the first question of authority deals with the authority of God's word. And then next time, God willing, uh, the authority of God's chosen servants. So let's look at this. There are four things uh, to be addressed that Moses addresses to the people uh, so that they can, in this section, understand the obligation that they are under to come under the authority of God's word. Number one is to please the Lord. Please Yahweh. So Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, when you arrive in the land of your dwelling place, which I'm giving you, and you make a fire offering to Yahweh, a burnt offering. Now there are five offerings. The burnt offering, meal offering, peace offering, uh, sin offering, trespass offering. Three of those five have a pleasing fragrance to Yahweh. The other two do not. The sin and the trespass, there's nothing pleasing about sin uh, uh, to Yahweh. And so there's an obligation there when someone sins uh, to bring a, an offering. To, and those are the last two. But these three here are the ones that bring the sweet-smelling savor or pleasing fragrance, however it says in your translation. There are three of them, and they're voluntary. So he says uh, a burnt offering or a sacrifice, which was a peace offering, for an expressed vow or voluntary offering on your festivals to provide a pleasing fragrance for Yahweh from the cattle or from the sheep. Now, burnt offering uh, was, to, was to express before Yahweh, this is a voluntary offering. That's why it's a sweet-smelling savor. It's a pleasing fragrance to Yahweh. The burnt offering was the offering that shows complete and absolute um, de devotion to Yahweh. No part of the worshiper's life is hidden. It is all given to Yahweh. Thus, the instructions that are back in Leviticus were that the sacrifice was to be flayed. It was to be cut open and just turned inside out, basically, so that no part would be hidden from Yahweh. That was an express voluntary offering uh, to express absolute devotion to Yahweh. Uh, the, other, uh, the other ones have different meal offering, for example, and uh, uh, the peace offering. These had to do with uh, 
expressing dedication, complete dedication to Yahweh in worship, and, and then to, to uh, seek fellowship with Yahweh in his presence at, uh, at the tabernacle. They were all free will. So he's, he's addressing those here that would bring a pleasing fragrance for Yahweh uh, from the cattle or from the sheep. This, remember, the section here is to please the Lord. Please Yahweh. Be his pleasure. Please him. So in this case, to please him would be to volunteer yourself in either of these areas and thus provide uh, the various or particular offerings, uh, offering that is, that is defined here. The one who brings his offering to Yahweh shall present a meal offering containing one-tenth of fine flour mixed with a quarter of a hen of oil. Now, they won't become agricultural people until they get to the land. But the provision in the law is already given here so that whenever they make their offering, these volunteer, voluntary offerings, to add the flour and the oil, of course, speaks of the fields of grain and the trees that would bring forth forth olive oil. And that would be from an agricultural uh, society, which Israel will become when they get into the land. And to add, to add this small portion to each of those voluntary offerings is to also express to Yahweh that the worshiper has nothing without Yahweh. In other words, it all belongs to him. I, in a crude way, I guess you could talk about how we bring our tithes and offerings on Sunday or whenever, and we, we, we present them to the Lord, but they're not really ours. I mean, they always belonged to the Lord, and he gave us the rest of it as well, and we have to use it to get along, but we acknowledge in giving, uh, we acknowledge it's really his and it's not ours, and he gave it to us anyway. Well, the same principle applies here. And a quarter of a hen of wine uh, for libation you shall prepare with the burnt offering or for the sacrifice for each lamb or for a ram you shall present a meal offering containing two tenths fine flour mixed with a third of a hen of oil and a third of a hen of wine for a libation. You shall offer up a pleasing sacrifice uh, to Yahweh. If you prepare a young bull as a burnt offering or a sacrifice by expressing a vow or for a peace offering for Yahweh. With a young bull, he shall offer up a meal offering consisting of three-tenths fine flour mixed with a half a hen of oil. And you shall offer half a hen of wine for a libation, a fire offering of pleasing fragrance to Yahweh. So shall it be done for each ox or ram or for a young sheep or Young goat, in accordance with the number you offer up, so shall you present for each one according to their numbers. Every native born shall do it in this manner to offer up a fire offering of, of pleasing fragrance to Yahweh. If a proselyte resides with you or those among you in future generations and he offers up a fire offering of pleasing fragrance, now that's one of the three that we've discussed, to Yahweh as you make it, so shall he make it. Like you do it, so shall he do it. So he addresses 
those who are not born as Israelites, they are proselytes, but they come under the uh, they come under the same rules and regulations as do the uh, Israelites. One rule applies to the assembly for yourselves and for the proselyte who resides with you. One rule reply, uh, applies throughout your generations just as it is for you. So it is for the proselyte before Yahweh. There shall be one law and one ordinance for you and the proselyte who resides with you. Already, now there are, of course, there are some already with them, some proselytes, some non-native born or non-Israelite born people who have joined themselves uh, to the congregation of Israel, but also uh, in the language, there shall be. The, the, the uh, prophecy by Yahweh is made that uh, there are going to be people who are not Israelites who are always going to be joining themselves to you and they have the same right of the fire offerings as you do, the volunteer offerings. They have the same right. Uh, so they can come before the Lord and, and uh, they can offer themselves in absolute devotion they can offer themselves an absolute dedication and service and worship, uh, and they can offer themselves, uh, or they can offer to come before Yahweh at the tabernacle in the in the uh, offering of fellowship to have sweet fellowship with Yahweh. They can do it just like you can do it. So there's a provision made for them as well. All right. Um, Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, speak to the sons of Israel and you shall say to them, when you arrive in the land to which I'm bringing you and you eat from the bread of the land, you shall set aside a gift for Yahweh. The first portion of your dough, you shall separate a loaf for gift. As in the case of the gift of the threshing floor, so you shall separate it from the first portion of your dough. You shall give a gift to Yahweh in all your generations. Now, the details of this are covered elsewhere, but suffice it to say again, as, as they are being taught the importance of the authority of the word of God, the chief portion is to live a life that pleases Yahweh. Uh, these are the commands that Yahweh gives. This is how Yahweh has determined uh, your, your manner of worship and devotion and dedication and so forth. And so this will please Yahweh. Therefore, it's a pleasing fragrance. It's a sweet smelling uh, aroma, these, these three particular um, offerings. So uh, in adding this part about the dough, it goes to the mundane daily living of life. You should remember in just your daily preparation of bread that you're going to enjoy through the day, you should remember in that that you belong to Yahweh. He provides this for you. And uh, so separate a portion of it and make it a gift to Yahweh uh, as well. So after, after the um, admonition to please Yahweh comes the second of the four that are in this portion. And that is to seek after Yahweh. And if you should err and not fulfill all these commandments which Yahweh spoke to Moses 
all that Yahweh commanded you through Moses from the day on which Yahweh commanded and from then on for all generations, if because of the eyes of the congregation it was committed inadvertently. So this is a, a sin of ignorance. It's a sin of omission. Um, there are the offerings that were, you know, a sin of commission. You did something bad and you broke, uh, you broke the law. You, you sinned against Yahweh. And so it is, it's, it's encumbered upon the worshiper to immediately come before Yahweh with, a, with an offering. The, the other two offerings are the sin and the trespass offering. Uh, they are not a ple- that's not a pleasing aroma to Yahweh because it has sin in it. But one is I sinned and I, it was just, I knew it, but I just slipped up. The other one is, you know, I did something wrong and I didn't realize I was doing it. I didn't realize it was wrong when I did it, but now, now that I've done it, I have to, count, you know, I have to, I have to make a sacrifice. All right. So to, to sin it, in, it, as it's written here, inadvertently, the entire congregation shall prepare a young bull as a burnt offering for a pleasing fragrance for Yahweh with its prescribed meal offering and libation and one young he goat for a sin offering. Okay. There are two uh, provisions made here. One is a provision for a nation when the whole nation sins. And the next is the sin of an individual. Uh, and, and all of the disciplines and regulations are given here. The priest shall atone on behalf of the entire congregation of the sons of Israel. And it shall be forgiven them. For it was, an, it was an error and they have brought their offering as a fire offering to Yahweh and their sin offering before Yahweh because of their error. The entire congregation of the sons of Israel and the proselyte who resides with them shall be forgiven. For all the people were in error. But if an individual sins inadvertently, he shall offer up a she-goat in its first year as a sin offering and the priest shall atone for the erring soul which sinned inadvertently before Yahweh so as to attend, uh, atone on his behalf, and it shall be forgiven him. Uh, one law shall apply to anyone who sins inadvertently from the native born uh, of the sons of Israel and uh, the proselyte who resides among them. Forgiveness. I think we touched on that this morning. Uh, but to be forgiven of our sins is, is uh, the great need that we have in life. We are sinners and we are born sinners. As believers, we are called out to be sons of God and we are thus forgiven and placed in the family of God. But even then, as long as we're in this life and this side of glorification, we sin. And first John chapter one deals with that. You know, if, uh, if you sin and Confess your sin and he is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God is ever willing to forgive uh, because of the sin problem that we are born into and that we constantly struggle with uh, as believers. I've said this before. Uh, it bears repeating, however. Nobody else, let's, let's go back to the Old Testament. Nobody else in the world is going to worry about having transgressed against God except the Israelites because they're the people of God. Um, the Amalekites, they can, they can break any of those commandments and it's no big deal to them. They're not the children of God. 
So they don't, they don't care about forgiveness of, of Yahweh. They don't, they don't seek that kind of thing. But the children of God do because they possess uh, the law of Moses. They possess the law of God. And they are sensitive to it as we should be. Now bring that into a New Testament uh, setting. The world, those who are dead in trespass and sin, they don't, they don't have any sense of... Uh, of, of conviction uh, over sin they and it's get, it gets worse as man goes on they just people sin openly they have no shame uh, they have no regret they have no sensitivity they don't they don't feel an obligation at all to seek the forgiveness of Almighty God that's the last thing on their minds it's the people of God who are the ones who seek forgiveness. We are very sensitive to that. We know that we need to be forgiven. And we also understand the importance of forgiving those who have trespassed against us. Because we understand what a great need of, for forgiveness is because we've experienced it before the Lord. And uh, surely as he has forgiven us, we would, we would forgive others. That's the people of God. That's the... Uh, uh, th th that's the discipline that falls upon the people of God. And here it falls upon both the sons of Israel and the proselytes uh, who are residing among them. So uh, they, they are before Yahweh and uh, they're sensitive to the presence of, of Yahweh. And we come under the authority of Yahweh by the word that he gives. Paul preaches in Acts chapter 17 on Mars Hill. And he talks about a world that for so long was ignorant of the sin and darkness that they were in. And uh, but now he says to the Areopagites, but now the son of God has come. And this is a different time. This is a, this is a thing that, uh, that we all should understand that it's in him we live in move and have our being. So, uh, so we're in this sense as well, we are under the authority of the word of God. The word of God has told us what we're to do. Um, and in this, in, in the immediate context is to seek the forgiveness of Yahweh in sin, to be sensitive to Yahweh. Number three then is to fear Yahweh. Uh, be very careful walking in the presence of Yahweh if you consider yourself a child of Yahweh. Here we go. But if a person should act high-handedly, it's an interesting Hebrew word, to be high-handed, the origin of the word, and I've heard that all my, oh, he, he's acting high-handed, he's, he's high-handed. The word literally means to raise your hand and shake your fist in the face of God and say, no. Or say, I'm going to do this whether you like it or not. That is the origin of the term that we call to be high-handed. And here, literally, if a person should act high-handedly, whether he is a native-born or proselyte, he's blaspheming Yahweh. And that soul shall be cut off from among its people. For he has scorned the word of Yahweh. Boy, you know, we're going to see here the penalty of this is to be stoned to death. We'd be stoning people to death all the time today, wouldn't we? 
there wouldn't be enough rocks in the world for us to stone people to death for uh, violating and scorning the word of God. Make fun of it. Well, that's what this person does. Scorned the word of Yahweh, violated his commandment. That soul shall utterly be cut off uh, for its iniquity is upon it. He's on his own. Knows what he's doing. There's an example that's given here. When the sons of Israel were in the desert, they found a man gathering wood on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering wood presented him before Moses and Aaron and before the entire congregation. They put him under guard since it was not specified what was to be done to him. Yahweh said to Moses, the man should be put to death. The entire congregation shall pelt him with stones outside the camp. So the entire congregation took him outside the camp and pelted him to death with stones as Yahweh had commanded Moses. You see, the easy thing to do is not gather wood on the Sabbath. Just, you know, don't worry about a fire for a day. Uh, it's a horrible way to, to die, but it was, a, it was a powerful example to the people of the congregation this man was not afraid of Yahweh. He had no fear of Yahweh. Don't we live in a world, aren't we surrounded by people who have absolutely no fear of Yahweh? And it makes us shake in our boots. We know that there's a day coming. The wrath of God will fall. It's probably not too far away. Uh, and, and God is not mocked. Whatever a, a man sows, that's how he's going to reap. That's the way it was with this guy. He was a, this is a powerful example to the people that they are to be afraid of Yahweh. And there's great danger and consequence in blatantly and high-handedly scorning and violating the Word of God. The last thing is to always remember Yahweh. Don't we get busy? We get busy in life and we get we get tied up in the details of whatever's happening at the moment. And those details can go all day long. You know, at your work or, or whatever. Uh, I have a little bit of advantage because my work is to stay, <laughs> is to stay involved in the Word all day long. And it's a wonderful thing. But I understand that this is the kind of a thing that not everybody does. And so people are involved in their work and there's nothing wrong with that. But there is a tendency in, in work, in, in a routine process, whatever, in play, whatever, to forget Yahweh. You know, you, you remember the old joke about the parrot when the guy breaks in to the house. And the parrot says, Jesus is watching you. Jesus is watching. And the Doberman Pincher was named Jesus. Well... There's one watching us who is a lot stronger and more fierce in his wrath than a Doberman Pincher, and that's namely Yahweh. He's always watching us, and here is a reminder. It's a beautiful reminder for the people. How gracious God is uh, to give them this provision. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, and you shall say to them that they shall make for themselves fringes on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and they shall affix a thread of sky blue wool on the fringe of each corner. These are their tassels. Uh, Orthodox Jews carry their prayer cloths and you will see that those prayer cloths have these tassels uh, 
Uh, and it dates back, and it dates back uh, uh, to this. This shall be fringes for you, and when you shall see it, when you see it, you will remember all the commandments of Yahweh to perform them. And you shall not wander after your hearts and after your eyes, after which you are going astray, so that you shall remember and perform all my commandments, and you shall be holy uh, to your God, uh, to the great God. You see, okay, sky blue means that he's watching. He's watching from heaven all that happens. And uh, he says, I am the Lord your God. I am, I am, that's the powerful presence name of Yahweh. I am Yahweh I am the Lord your God who took you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. This is what this is all about. I am Yahweh your God. Just a reminder. We have refrigerator magnets. We have things hanging from our rearview mirrors. We have all kinds of stuff, hopefully. And they're not idols. They're not little things that we worship. They are reminders. The best reminders are just scriptures that we have around uh, all the time to remember, to remind us that God is ever present, ever present and watches over us in all things. It's a beautiful provision. What a loving God who says, you know, I know you're going to have a tendency in the course of your life to forget me from time to time, but I'm going to give you a provision that's going to fight against that. And you'll, you'll know these, at the corners of your garments, you'll know this sky blue thread, these tassels will remind you constantly that I'm with you and that I'm watching over you wherever you go. So a question of authority begins with the authority of the word of God in the lives of believers. Now we'll pick up from there next time and talk about the authority of God's appointed servants. Let's pray and we'll be done. Oh, Father, we love you. Thank you, God, for watching over us and making these provisions for us, accepting us in these special ways, and even providing fellowship between us that we might have a personal relationship with you. Oh, God, strengthen us in the way that we go, that we might ever please you. In Jesus' name, amen.